Governments around the world keep introducing new and increasingly ambitious climate policy measures. And world leaders like to brag that they are taking action on climate or solving the climate crisis. But there's a catch, and it's one they're not keen to talk about. Namely, they know it won't work. The same scientists who have told them there's a problem have also told them that none of these policies will make any difference to the global climate. No matter how much they cost, they won't tackle or solve climate change. In fact, they won't do much of anything. Let's begin with the Kyoto Protocol, which was signed in December 1997. It was an agreement that, if implemented, would have capped CO2 emissions from wealthy countries and reduced global CO2 emissions by about 5%. Well, in a 1998 study, climate modeler Dr. Tom Wigley looked at what Kyoto would accomplish if fully implemented. He showed that by the modeler's own assumptions, full implementation of Kyoto would have had barely noticeable effects on climate over the 21st century. Atmospheric CO2 would still have gone up, just very slightly more slowly. Instead of reaching its forecast no Kyoto Accord level of 680 parts per million in the year 2100, with Kyoto fully implemented by everybody, it would have gotten there in 2105, just five years later. So, massively cutting human energy use worldwide with all the misery that would have resulted would have yielded the same outcome as business as usual a century from now. Or, to be fair, two-tenths of a degree under the best-case scenario. As in, no real-world effect at all. Nothing you'd notice, not directly, not indirectly through its effects. Bupkis. And Kyoto turned out to be too expensive to implement, so most countries failed to keep their promises. That's why Kyoto failed. It offered huge costs for minimal benefits. So what about Paris? Here's the harsh truth the politicians and activists don't seem to want to hear. A 2016 study by Dr. Bjorn Lumberg showed that if all signatories of the Paris Agreement do everything they promise, global average temperatures will only be about one-tenth of one degree lower by the year 2100 than if we do nothing at all. So as with Kyoto, under Paris, we get the same global average temperature increase as if we don't cut emissions, though a tiny bit slower, in return for enormous sacrifice in terms of standard of living. It's the Kyoto problem all over again. The policy is too costly to implement and too ineffective to solve the alleged problem. It's all costs and no benefits, and we've learned nothing. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you. Because at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we're dependent upon support from our viewers and our readers. Please go to our donate page, make a one-time pledge, or if you can, a monthly one. I'm not talking a lot of money, though. If you've got it, we'll take it. $2 a month, $3, $5. That's the sustaining funding that we need to produce these videos on our newsletter. And now, back to me. Now, notice that the argument I'm making here has nothing to do with whether man-made global warming is a problem or even a crisis. It's about whether, by the alarmist's own logic, the alarmists' own recommendations would fix the crisis that they are certain exists. And the answer is a resounding, and you know it, no. It doesn't matter how urgent you think it is that we do something. If the thing that you're calling for us to do can't possibly work, based on the same reasoning that says we have to do something, it makes no sense to do it. So, 
In looking at this issue, don't get distracted by calls to action or insults about deniers. Focus here on the crucial intellectual point that the same scientists who call for these actions say they won't accomplish anything. You know, a great many alarmists may not understand this point, and if so, it needs to be brought to their attention. But the serious modelers do understand it perfectly well, and they are doing us all a real disservice by not being frank about several key aspects of the situation. The reason climate policies don't have any effect over the 21st century is that the global carbon cycle is so big compared to human-made carbon emissions. And most emissions aren't even covered by the treaties, especially those from developing countries, who, taken together, account for more than half the world's emissions. What it means is that policies that are affordable accomplish next to nothing. Policies that would actually stop climate change would devastate the global economy. Picture a global shutdown, like the one we experienced for COVID-19, but lasting for 50 years. That's the scale we're talking about. Or rather, that's the scale we're not talking about. Nobody's talking about it because it would make no sense. It would make no sense because even the worst case projections of the effects of climate change over the coming century only involve shaving a few percentage points off a growth path that leads to doubling or tripling of global income. Trying to prevent that minor harm by destroying the global economy would be like treating a sprained wrist by cutting the patient's arm off then letting him bleed to death. Wouldn't make sense even if you put on a tourniquet and the patient didn't bleed to death because by the alarmist's own models, fully implementing Paris wouldn't change global temperature at all. Just the way cutting the arm off won't make the wrist work. So let's stop pretending that proposed or actual climate change policy will stop climate change or even slow it down in any significant way. It won't, and they know it. When it comes to practical measures, we really only have two strategic options. One is we let economies grow, and then we deal with whatever climate changes are coming our way with the extra wealth that's been generated. The other is to waste a megaton of money on a futile effort to stop climate change, and then deal with whatever climate changes are coming from a much worse economic position. Now, if anyone thinks there's a third option in which we stop the climate from changing significantly, they need to, if I may coin a phrase here, start listening to the science. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.